on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. A new feature that nobody asked for is here. Max conversions and max conversion value are now home to optional target ROAS and target CPA. But I am set to digital marketing news with rants required. <laughs> Google My Business has a new feature that you might want to put a pin in. Plus, Greg has things to say about the youngsters, so hopefully you're not Indiana Jones in for an Instagram junior. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on April 23rd, 2021. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows on YouTube or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another show. Jess, we're so excited to have you back. It's good to be back. What has been going on the last two weeks with you? I'll tell you what. I had a birthday last week, which I know our listeners know because you <laughs> mentioned it on the show. And I actually listened to wow. the entire show. So broke my streak. But I have to just <laughs> at least the first five minutes when I gave you the shout out. No, I, I listened to the whole thing. And Normally, I listen to it on my commute into work, and then you know I just add it to my queue in Spotify, right? Listens to the episode, and then it just goes into whatever I was playing next. And I had forgotten that the night before I was playing Enya for <laughs> my son to help him like dance his sillies out to go what to bed. That? Enya, Enya to dance your sillies out before bed though, like to kind of like get in the slow groove, but like move. So it went from your marketing a clock, so shooting the heck. It is, yeah. But then it just went right into this song. By the way, that I had never heard because there's only like one Enya song. Which Shep, you, you know, you just don't Enya? know. E N Y A. Anya, you I think Anya. it sounds like Nanya. Yeah, Nanya business. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's anyway, it's therapeutic music, but it didn't really follow the show really well. You guys had great energy in the shoot and the heck, and then it just kind of went downhill. Yeah. So that was fun. But what's going on with you Love guys? To add some nice outro music for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the track that came on. So I like finally feel like an adult, not because I had a baby or anything, but because I went to the dentist today and he was younger than me, and it just really made me feel old. Yes, I went to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway he's younger than me and he really sucks because he comes in the room he like looks at my x-rays or he, whatever and he's like i don't want to give you cavities but if you make me i will what does that mean that's like, like blackmail. he's gonna stab really your weird. teeth threat and like yes i left the dentist and ate a starburst in the car but like <laughs> what do you know about me and then he told me i need to start putting toothpaste on my floss which just seems so excessive like what? i'm not a dental hygiene nerd i'm not gonna do that no, that it seemed like grit. I mean, right? I guess it might make it slip in there easier in between the teeth, but Ew. who's got time for that? And no I'm one. Convinced, I'm convinced it's part of a larger conspiracy because I started going to this office like two years ago. I had never had a cavity. I've gotten two cents, and now he says I almost have eight more. Like, no way. And he'll give you more. 
if you don't watch out. Yeah, I want Seriously. to know what that means. Like he's going to lie about it and tell you you have one and drill into your teeth or he's going to give you one. <laughs> so like scary. take that poker tool and create. Yeah, I don't like that. I know. That's scary. Time right? for a new dentist. Mm-hmm. I know. Seriously. Okay. Well, I hope you have some better news, Caleb. Uh, I got both of my vaccines. So Ooh. heck yeah! Wow, congratulations. Hey, Thank you. It was uh, it was like great initially, and then it hurt the second day, and now I'm back to normal. So that's good. <laughs> better than normal. Better yeah, than normal. You're, now you're I'm a superhuman. Right? You're immune. Right. That's awesome. Right? So yeah, get your vaccines. <laughs> Congrats. What about you, Greg? So as you may know, in the past, my wife and I had a worst baby name off for our two twins. My wife uh, absolutely crushed me. She's got this gene for coming up with bad names. The two worst names she came up with for baby names were Turt, T-E-R-T, like Bert, but with a T, Turt, and Plan, like the dessert, like flan, but with a P, Plan. And so I realized this weekend my boy has the same superpower as my wife. We're out in a picnic and we're trying to think, everybody's guessing what their new cousin's name would be. And the first name he came up with was McGwillet. McGwillet, which is bad. <laughs> Second name was Turkular. Turkular. Okay, that's the one. Turkular. Turk to Turkular a next McGuillet. level. <laughs> and then this, this. I'd read that book. This yeah, was the worst pseudonym. name he came up with that won everything. This is the. This is amazing. Gutler. <laughs> like Butler, but with a G. Gutler. Oh, no. I'm not so. going to lie. I kind of like McGuillet. Like it works. It just it sounds. You like classic. it? Like you're already naming your unborn <laughs> exactly, children? Exactly. Well, just don't take Gutler. That one's bad. All right. And if you want to see our smiling, shiny, freshly cleaned teeth faces here, you can head on over to YouTube. And we are setting up a new YouTube channel. We are going to start promoting it and advertising. And we're taking it off of Search Engine Journal. We're still greatly affiliated with the. Uh, Journal of Search Engines, as we lovingly call them. We're just going to be able to put advertising dollars, and it's going to be our own Marketing O'Clock YouTube channel. You can get there by going to youtube.marketingoclock.com, and we have some super cool, and I'm telling you, it might be the coolest giveaway next week that PPC has ever seen, and that's just a little a little note there. So how to, again, that is youtube.marketingoclock.com if you want to subscribe for the next week's show on YouTube. And quick reminder about last week's sponsor, Asomic. They are an amazing resource for anyone who doesn't have a creative team in-house. For a monthly fee, you have access to amazing designers that can help you create ads, logos, anything for print, anything you want. They're amazing. The code you need for 10% off your first month is DESIGN10, D-E-S-I-G-N-1-0, and you can play... Claim that at asomic.io. Yes, way more than $10 off. It is 10 full percent off your first month. And getting into the news this week, we have some news that we helped break on Wednesday. Woohoo! I know, it was was my first embargo, baby's first embargo. (laughs) (laughs) Must be those teeth. Yeah. (laughs) um, So we were joined by Microsoft Advertising John Lee and Amanda Farley from SSDM and Greg. And you can catch that episode wherever you are listening to this. Just hop one episode back. And John made some announcements regarding the Microsoft Audience Network. So first of all, they are expanding to Germany, Australia, and New Zealand. And they are also introducing a Facebook Facebook import feature, which is like similar to the Google Ads import feature 
you'll be able to import your campaigns. That's crazy. And you can automate it if you want. We have details on that show. I also like how they want to, they own LinkedIn, but they're like, oh, we're going to get Facebook first. I know. It's crazy. So it's not like the LinkedIn partnership they have. Like it's not targeting. Right. Um, at least audience targeting. It's just like your campaign settings and creative. And creative, yep. But hop over to the show to check it out. We have all the details. And then they are also launching Outstream video ads for the Microsoft Audience Network. And you'll be able to upload them right to Microsoft Advertising along with like headlines and intro text, very exciting things happening. And I asked John a lot of questions about them and Greg and Amanda talked about all the new features from an agency perspective. So you do not wanna miss this episode, trust me. Amy Bishop also has an article about everything Microsoft Advertising announced at the Elevate Summit on Wednesday. There is a lot and this was all announced like two hours before we recorded Mm. this, but bear (laughs) with me. So first of all, there's a new private search feature that will allow Bing to deliver results without ever receiving a search term. This is currently being tested on DuckDuckGo. Very exciting with all those privacy concerns happening. And then when browsing on product pages on Edge, you might also see this new price comparison ad. These are now in beta and they enable businesses to deliver product listings to relevant consumers while they're browsing the sites of other retailers. You heard me right. That's crazy. <laughs> it's like honey. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's an ad. These listings will pull from existing Merchant Center feeds and no further work is required to set it up, they say. So we'll have an image on the YouTube. It looks really neat. It's cool, but it's a little sneaky. I know. Totally very sneaky. Yeah. yeah. Very sneaky. I like it, though. We should show up on other podcasts. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's get Let's on buy that. all of them. Yeah. All the podcasts. They also announced video ad extensions that are being tested on desktop. So it looks like just a little icon in the corner of your text ad and you can click on it and play a video. New feed-based ad units for property promotion, tours and activities that can show on Bing Maps and in the SERPs. And they're also testing target impression share. They have a landing page creation tool that they announced. Unified smart campaigns that sound a little scary to me. And they are expanding to 29 new countries in 2021. But the biggest announcement that I learned this week is that it is not the MAN and it is not the MSAN. No acronyms. It's just the Microsoft Advertising Network. And that's going to ruin my life because I'm going to have to say you it You just a lot said it the, the wrong way. Microsoft Audience Network. Yep. Oh my God, I do it all the time. You said it in the show too. I don't know if you caught that. It is so hard to say, oh, the Microsoft Audience Network over on the Microsoft Advertising Network. It's a lot. Like, I just love them, but it's so hard. I am I need to continue to call it the man. I'm I think sorry, we're just going to call it the man, it's at the least man. internally. Yeah, yeah. Because then the A can to, be whatever. Taylor. Especially with all these new updates, it's the man. Yeah. <laughs> What's your news, Greg? All right. So my main news this week comes by way of Ginny Marvin, 2019 and 2020 Claxker winner for Best PPC mm. Follow. She had a tweet out saying there are upcoming changes to how smart bidding strategies are organized for search campaigns. Target CPA and target ROAS are not going away. They will instead be bundled with maximized conversions and maximized conversion value for easier management. Easier management. Okay. As this rolls out to all Google Ads users over the next few months, you'll still be able to use target CPA and target ROAS bid strategies, and there'll be no impact to bidding behavior. So initially, I kind of just put my Ginny hat on and say, usually when somebody says something is easier, it's not. Simplified, same. Right. Bad words. And so my thought process is, do we need this? 
do we need this? <laughs> yeah, it's like, is this a solution in need of a problem? No, I hate it. Wait, you you did that backwards on purpose. Yeah. Right? Like this we're creating a- the problem because this is what we want to do. So Correct. we're going to make it sound like we solved something. Yeah. I just, uh, next level brained you right there. You really did. I think I Inception. Can I make a guess of what you think is going to happen? You sure can. Are they going to get rid of the uh, the bid strategies? I know. I don't know about that. I, I honestly think that if you were to look at the data and you gave somebody a truth serum over at Google, they would the majority of folks would say this would have people spend more. I don't know how you'd think it wouldn't be because if you're saying you have an option to go to target a specific return on ad spend and that's not there, and then you go check out uh, maximize conversion value with optional target return on ad spend, something optional, I think it's going to lead to more spend. Like just if I had my life on the line and I had to guess, would it make people spend more or less? I'd say more. And I think there's probably something to do with that. Specifically, as we know, Google ads, in my opinion, have stopped trying to innovate and instead make it harder to use the platform and easier to shake every single cent out of their advertisers' pockets. So I'll get to that in a minute. But I'm pretty fired up today, so we'll see. (laughs) They also had a blog post, and they showed what this means for you, the advertiser. And there's really four different performance goals that you have here. And they show how it makes it into a nice little bid strategy that might be, some may say, some, I guess maybe Google might say easier. So if you have a performance goal of maximized conversions with a set budget, the current bid strategy is maximize conversions. Now you do maximize conversions with optional target CPA and you just check on optional target CPA. It goes so on and so forth, basically. There's four different performance goals and there's a new bid strategy that you have to do by checking a sub strategy within the bid strategy. My point is, dude, there's four performance goals. The performance goals are different. They're different performance goals. You're not sitting here saying, we have two performance goals. Let's make it two new bid strategies. You have four different things here, and then you now have to go into two different things. And I understand it's simpler because there's two things to choose from, but by selecting the sub bid strategy, you now have four things and it's hidden under one bid strategy. And the reason where it's gonna impact advertisers, and this isn't a huge deal, I get it, But when you look at your bid type in your web version, everything's going to say maximize conversions if you have maximized conversions with target CPA on. So you're not going to be able to see that it's target CPA there. So I asked Ginny that, and she, um, a a phenomenal having Ginny there at Google Ads. Mm -hmm. She's already so much, it's already a a billion times better than it was. So Ginny said that, Yes, you can add in a new column alongside your bid strategy column that's either target CPA or target ROAS. So now if you want to see if something's target ROAS, you can turn on your bid strategy, your target ROAS column, and then your your target CPA column. As if I don't have enough columns already. I know. Like, that's well, not simplified. It's not simple. You can't say this is simple. Mm-mm. And it's just the thing, the crux of it is, and Caleb, if you can put this up in the, the YouTube, there's four performance goals. And you're combining them to two. And I understand in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal, but it's not needed. We don't, no. nobody asks for this. Nobody wants this. No. Nobody needs this. This isn't helping anybody. It's actually confusing people because, and I'll get into it in a second. Well, what are your thoughts on this before? <laughs> call, <laughs> call me down here. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to confuse people, but I, I don't really have thoughts. I have a question. Do we know what is going to happen if you have something now that's target CPA? Is it just going to migrate over to that maximize conversions with that checked? Or are we going to have to make changes? That's my guess, because that will act in the same exact way, Ginny confirmed it, to as target return on ad spend would. So mm-hmm. again, target return on ad spend will now be maximized conversion value with the check for... Um, Target return on ad spend, and you could put your your number in there, and then target CPA is under target maximize conversions. So, again, not easier in my mind, but maybe. And I hope it'll be in the change history when oh, you're won't making. Be. Like that's no bad. Way. Yeah, this scares me because I feel like we're gonna have all of our target CPA stuff say stay with this target CPA, right? With the optional target CPA under maximize conversions, but somebody else, say a client, looking at the accounts and mm-hmm. say, oh, maximize conversions really works. And then, heaven forbid, they go in and do something themselves and they don't realize that there's a difference and they just choose the maximized conversions bidding strategy. It's not going to perform yeah. the same. Or if it's in-house and you have like employee turnover, yeah. they're not going to know. That's what I worry about. And did anybody, has anybody used Google Ads? At Google Ads? Has anybody mm-hmm. used, I know, I know Ginny has. has. Yeah. I know Ginny. But has anybody thought that having a bit type column go completely to waste is a good thing? All right. And... A few people had some beef with it. I think Colin Slattery had a tweet out there kind of criticizing it. Andrew Loke at Andrew Loke on Twitter, one of the smartest minds in all of PPC, said, I think it's a great idea. As a professional, I see no difference in choosing target ROAS or max value at X percent ROAS. Purpose is the same. As PPCers, we should stop blowing things out of proportion. And I kind of agree with it, but I also kind of don't. Because to me, I it may call me stupid. I don't know if you all thought of this. I never equated max conversion value in target ROAS or max conversions in target CPA. It never crossed my mind that they'd be the same thing because they act so stupidly. You know, at least the maximized conversions one, when you have budget at the end of the day, it just spends everything. Yeah. Like, and it's, I never even thought that it tries to hit a number. No, and I would think if it was always this way, that we might think that way. But I think the problem with this is that they're changing things, but then they're using the same names that they used to use. And they're... That to me is the the difficulty, right? Is they're changing something into the way they quote yes. say it always worked. If it always worked that way, why were they different to begin with? And so I responded to Andrew, and and I this is just my personal thoughts. I said it might just be the training over the years, but I haven't considered target row as max conversion value similar at all. One attempts to hit a number, while the other, if budget remains, will spend ten x on a click at the end of the day, even if it knows it will get one x back. That's what these max clicks, max conversion value, max conversions will do. It will take a loss as long as it adds revenue. It doesn't care about a number. So to me, I think that's the biggest the biggest update there. So anyway, that's that. Shep, do you get anything better? Yes, I do, Woo-hoo. actually. So Ginny also announced this week that Google Ads is rolling out dynamic exclusion lists within the coming weeks to make it easier for advertisers to protect their ads from running alongside content that does not align with their brand or campaign. Amy Hoffman has a really good article on this on Search Engine Journal about what makes it different from exclusion lists that we're used to in Google Ads. And she says you can upload them from a third party and schedule them to be updated however often you see fit. And brand safety organizations and industry groups could update placements and save advertisers some time from manually mining placements themselves. I think this is like such an opportunity for those third party groups. Like, they're the ones who are going to profit off of this. This is awesome. To have to sure. go through every week and we don't have to. I love it. Yeah. What are you putting think? a lot of faith, though, 
like you got to trust who you're using for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I dig it. I mean, I think I think that's a concern that everybody's got, especially nowadays. Um, and it's yeah, being able to use bulk exclusions. Who who couldn't like this? Yeah. This is awesome. And I think it could be cool if they did like different themes with things you might want to exclude, like news stories or politics or I don't know. There's lots of opportunity here, so love to see it. What else, Jess? All right, it is official, people. Facebook is joining the clubhouse. The <laughs> platform has officially announced new audio tools, putting, in their words, a sound studio in your pocket. And then some. And that last part was my words. So what exactly they announced? Regarding the sound studio, a new in-app audio creation tool will empower users with things like speech-to-text, sound effects, voice effects, and filters, as well as the ability to add music to stories, audio mixing capabilities, and to leverage, quote, advances in AI, which can make audio quality magically great, even if you record on a busy street corner. I'm going to go ahead and say that's wrong. Are yeah. they here? I mean, we need that, right? <laughs> no, it's not. no. Don't record your audio on a street corner. Sorry, don't listen to this. I agree with you, right? But now that Periscope is down, maybe people are out there using something else. So the output from that tool can now be used or will soon be able to be used in a type of content that is being tested in the coming months called sound bites. And it is described by the platform as short form creative audio clips. So that could be fun. But the bigger news here is the launch of audio only rooms. Said rooms will be highlighted at the top of the news feed as well as in chats within Facebook and Messenger as well as discoverable in a separate rooms tab. They can be either public or private, and creators looking to monetize can do so initially via the stars donation feature, but other monetization models are in the works too, like being able to charge for access to a live room, which I thought was nice, kind of like a movie ticket. And live is fun. A movie ticket to disappointment. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you got fans out there, they may be willing to pay. So that's all fun. But in addition to just the live feature, Facebook is also going to allow creators to turn their live conversations into a podcast for later listening. So if you missed the movie, you can rent it from Blockbuster. That's actually cool. Yeah. It is. That's actually because right? Caleb, you're, you're a Clubhouse guru here. But I, re <laughs> I recall that if you download and upload Clubhouse, you're breaking TOS, right? Yeah, yeah. You, it tells the creator if you do it enough times and it might boot you out the room. So. So I think that's cool that they're leaning into making this more like sustainable evergreenish content if you do that. Exactly. Exactly. It gives you incentive. All right, I'm in. Right? I'm in now. I'm I'm really okay with it because it what gives it you incentive is to put your content there. No, different? no, no. It's rooms. rooms. It's audio rooms. I think rooms. too, like the uh like the ability to charge people to come in might work really well. Because yeah. I know for a fact that tons of people who if their favorite creator you know, somebody on Instagram or something wanted to do that, they would do it instantly. Like what, ten bucks yeah. to talk to yeah. You know. yeah. Yeah. It seems really cool. And they are still working on it. So they don't have concrete details. But the article did mention either like a single admission or a subscription. So hopefully they'll give people both options because I feel like that could be really powerful. And they that's thought the of everything with Clubhouse. I don't know who is putting time into something that's so fleeting. It's like it's right. gone. Right. You do it and it, it either works or not. And then it's gone. And I get it if you're Elon Musk and you can bring in 100,000 people and talk to them. But if you're just out there doing SEO Clubhouse and you've got twelve people in there, it's you just you only hit those twelve. You got nothing else. So I, I I actually dig this. Yeah, no, I do too. And they thought of everything. They're thinking about how to leverage groups with this as well. So the initial rollout of rooms will include a test for like group only 
audio rooms, which I think is really cool. And Shep, you'd probably actually participate in that, right? With your Swifties. Well, my Swifties one just like magically stopped working. Like I submit things that are happening and nothing happens. But my Duggar one is very live and active. How are the Duggars these days? They're doing great. Excellent. (laughs) One of the brothers just got married. He's 18. Oh, congratulations to that young child. All right, we could feed a fed horse until the cows come home talking about how Clubhouse better watch out because I think really Facebook at this point is positioning themselves as a very strong competitor. But some interesting alternative takes and other thoughts other than those those common things that we were saying about everyone in audio these days. Casey Newton from The Platformer said that a moderation is probably going to be a challenge, but he also pointed out that this audio focused move is really a shift towards tools and features that could help smaller businesses and individual creators versus big businesses. And Mark Zuckerberg, he essentially confirmed that without saying it. Uh, there's a quote from him where he said, a big part of the creative economy is that it is enabling individuals and shifting power from some traditional institutions to individuals to exercise their own creativity. I think that's a positive trend in the world. He goes on to say a lot more on the subject and we'll put the quote in YouTube if you're watching. But I, I really, I don't have anything bad to say about this. No, I, I can't knock it. it. And then one other announcement from their audio push was that they're getting into podcasts. So they said 35 million people are members of fans and groups around podcasts, and now they can listen to a podcast right within Facebook. You used to have to go to Spotify, and now you can listen within the app. So it's just like embedded? I think they're trying to build more communities around it. So you can have a podcast, you can listen to it, and if you want to have a group, which you shouldn't do, don't do that, you can have a group on Facebook. (laughs) Build something else that you can control and you can manage not just a facebook group and i just think the invite only thing is what's going to kill clubhouse like everyone's already on facebook and they'll be able to just do this and i can see like older generations being into this idea and they're not going to go over to clubhouse no they don't even know what it is they are all on iphone though so i don't even know what it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah but we we had that issue today with with a listener of ours over in ireland um, who still couldn't get in, Hillary Quinn. And she we, we, we got her a clubhouse pass. So if you need a clubhouse Aww. pass, we're here for you. So just DM us at, at Marketing Clock and we'll get you on. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take of the week comes from Mike Ryan. Mike Ryan Retail on Twitter. And Mike has a meme. And you know I love memes. And he's got the Indiana Jones meme, where I believe it's from the first one. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I've never seen any Indiana Jones, (gasps) but I've ridden the ride in Disneyland. You're missing out, girl. It's good. Anyway, it's Harrison Ford or Indiana Jones. And he's looking at the idol that he needs to take, and he swaps it out with a rock. And the idol he's swapping is Exact Match, and he's Google, and he swaps in the rock that is Broad Match with Exact Match. It's amazing. Does it work in the movie? Because like it's not oh, working no. now. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Spoiler alert from a movie 50 years ago, but no. <laughs> and now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I see why am I people we have a PSA from Cypress North's own Cole Soldwish at CJ Soldwish on Twitter. And he used to be on the live marketing marketing clock. So yeah. I think episodes around twenty ish or Just so. Just scroll back, you can catch him. So he noticed 
when he was setting up an account in Microsoft advertising that there's this option not only for auto-applied ad suggestions, but for auto-applied multimedia ad suggestions. This gives a seven-day, not 14-day window where you have to accept or decline them before they just automatically get applied. So if you don't want to be a part of that, if this is a narrative that you wish to exclude yourself from, you should log in and make sure you're doing so. As far as what these multimedia ads are, I just um, asked my new best friend, John Lee, on Twitter, no big deal. He said that they're not the multimedia extensions that I talked about earlier in the show, and he's working on getting us more info, and we will definitely share it on the show next week. But Look at you, you influencer, you. I know. Getting fast answers. Yeah. But they sound that. like dynamic, and they include text and images, so we'll let Just, you know. I, want, I need to know. This, these are things that keep me up at night. Who decided this is seven days? And then the normal auto recommended ads are 14 days. Who just decides, let's just speed this up a little bit. Let's sneak this one in there. That girl from The Ring, right? Seven days. Oh, her. Oh, well, you just cursed the entire audience. <laughs> Don't watch this on your VCR. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. And getting into the paid news this week, it's never good when an email starts out like this. <laughs> Dear Google Ads Advertiser. Boy. <laughs> That's it. It's never good then. (laughs) So this is about a change. They are updating the global site tag and Google Tag Manager to set a new first-party cookie on advertisers' web domains to attribute conversions back to ads. Starting in May 2021, they'll set a first-party cookie with a new identifier that is unique and limited to users on your site only. Among other things, this will help improve the accuracy of your conversion measurement. So this seems to align with what they're doing with Flock. It doesn't necessarily seem like too scary to me. Um, Amy Bishop says that this will help with instances where a user might engage with more than one of your ads before converting. So that sounds great. I love that you came back right in time for Flock. (laughs) Right from the CCPA in time for Flock. And it's kind of like a sheep thing a little bit. Oh, shepherd. Wow. Yeah, we've been saying birds for months, but... You're right. Totally. My family group chat is called The Flock. That's adorable. Are you guys your own little cohort? Can we target you? No. No. You don't (laughs) want to target these people. (laughs) (laughs) And next up from Ad Hutch, TikTok is officially announcing those e-commerce ad offerings that we teased last week. So these include collection ads. These are similar to YouTube product listings on videos, and they help drive direct response. They're also looking to add dynamic product ads, which will automatically retarget users with relevant products according to their activities. Promo tiles will enable advertisers to add customizable sales and promotional alerts to their feed ads. And showcase tiles will see creators promoting products in their videos with a link relevant to the product. I don't know. TikTok can't figure out what videos I like to watch, so I doubt they're going to be able to target me with relevant ads because I keep looking up chiropractor videos because I want them in my For You page, and all they keep showing me is more cats. Chiropractor cats? No, I did see a horse chiropractor, though. Oh, goodness. Because their backs get weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. It was a really loud crack. Science with Dr. Bud. (laughs) (laughs) Is your back weird? I have a horse doctor for you. And next up, Barry Schwartz turned PPC Greg's match type Twitter thread from last week into an article for Search Engine Roundtable, and it has the most amazing images of all time. So he called the article Google Ads Exact Match Loosened Up a Bit. 
and he has this like, <laughs> is that a lady or a gentleman? I'm not sure. Stretching on the grass and they just look really not flexible. Uh, they are not just stretching. They're aggressively <laughs> stretching. They're not stretching. They're trying to stretch. <laughs> they're having yeah. problems. <laughs> Major not going problems. Well, but, you know, they've got that sweatband, so they're in it. I don't know. But great picture. Barry, love it. So if you remember, we were talking about how PPC Greg was on Twitter and noticed that it looked like the exact match definitions looked a little looser. I thought they did, too. Um, but Jenny responded and said that we were wrong. She said, these examples reflect the 2018 update to exact match close variants to include same meeting or intent queries. I disagree. I I just, I've seen the the matching go crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to a point that they hit it. Yeah. And that's was, how crazy it is. That's basically what Barry's article was, was all the people responding to PPC Greg, like Andrea Cruz was just like, I wouldn't know because we don't have any search terms. It was great. Yeah. And hey, if that's actually the case, let us see the search query. <laughs> it's that easy. It'd be nice. Prove it. We have another announcement from Google Ads' own Ginny Marvin. She says Google is launching a certification program for health insurance advertisers in the U.S., only ads from certified government exchanges, first-party providers, and licensed third-party brokers will be allowed. And then she has a link with more details that we will include in this week's newsletter. You know, they just want to ensure that these ads are coming from legit insurance companies. Wow. wow. And, and one thought I had when reading this was what a good ad extension would be is just it's the other possible outcomes. You know, when you watch a TV commercial and you can't tell what the product's even about and like, you can die of kidney failure, liver failure, lung failure, you can have blood clots, diarrhea, bloody diarrhea. Like, it's just like everything under the sun. Like, what if they had an ad extension for that? I, I don't think it would help the advertiser. Oh, no. Okay. No, I, yeah. yeah would Maybe not it would click. help the other ones. And those would be like pharmaceutical ads, not the insurance companies, right? Greg's just upset. Just admit it to Jenny. I'm sure she'll love that one. Yes, there we go. And there were rumors swirling this week about WordPress joining the flock block. It's my hashtag movement that I'm starting. Um, but Matt Mullenwick said he's gone on the record and said this isn't happening. They're thinking about it, but no word yet. Yeah, there's a proposal out or something, but it's not for sure. Yeah. And next up from Reva Cutting, at Reva Cutting on Twitter, she asks PPC Chat, does anyone else have a Google Ads account where the option to turn off auto-applied ad suggestions is not available? Julie Baccini, always there for B PPC Chat, replied with the link to where you can see if it's on or off. I don't know if Reva had any luck with that, but PPC Greg also replied and said, I can't not double check every time someone posts the link, just to be sure. Though now I've probably checked it 25 plus times. I'm glad I'm not the only one. And we're going to put the link in our newsletter again so you guys can check again too. And that is it for paid. What is happening in organic? All right. First up in organic, Google has said in a blog post that the page experience update will now not roll out in May, but will be in mid-June, but that it won't play its full role in search rankings till the end of August. So later than we had expected, another cool thing that they launched in Search Console was page experience uh, panel that you can look at. So in there, you can see good URLs, the total impressions of good URLs, 
overall, but then you get down to the page experience signals and that's where you have core web vitals, also mobile usability, security issues, HTTPS, which is a secure site, and then your overall ad experience, like if you've got annoying interstitials essentially. So I love the fact that they're giving this to people to help diagnose all these issues. At the end of the day, still do what is best for you. I can't stress that enough. Um, and again, the biggest change is going to be with those core web vitals, which is the largest containful paint, the first input delay, and the cumulative layout shift. So check all that out. And I also just want to say that this overall post from Google came from Jeffrey Jose, a project manager on search at Google. And this should get a claxer for being the best written announcement that I've ever seen. In this announcement, he actually put all the fluff at the end. I'm like, I love this. I feel, remember we talked about last week how terrible all these announcements are and you try to read what this means and you have to read through six paragraphs of absolutely nothing. But and what it, if I miss all the trends that led them to make this decision? I just don't know when all these project managers became recipe bloggers. It's like, that's what so everybody true. did. It's like, they just hired a bunch of recipe bloggers to to, to tweet out trends, or <laughs> blog out trends. Okay, next up from Dan, from Glenn Gabe and Danny Sullivan. Glenn had asked Danny about the product reviews update, aka the Prue, if it's fully rolled out yet. And Danny said, it's not. So if you haven't seen any shifts, if you're a review site or lots of reviews in a section of your site, hang on, it's coming. All right, and from your biz watchdog on Twitter, Trisha Clemens. And again, this is also by way of Glenn Game. She says, how long have visitors been able to add an update that comes in under posts and not images? And she's talking about Google My Business, where users are getting a prompt to talk about what it's like there now, which is strange. And it appears that Trisha, in this example, is getting acupuncture, and Google sends a notification to say, show what it's like there now, which is weird. Like, I get it when you, Google can see you took a picture of the location. It's like, share your picture with the location. Leave a review. Like, she's in an acupuncture chair. Yeah, I can see at a restaurant if you want to, like, know how crowded it is. And, like, something. it could, and then, like, what if you're, you know, it, it's something sensitive. Like, say you're you're at a hospital, like, you're at a doctor yeah. or you're at a dentist yeah. and, and he's threatening you about giving you cavities. <laughs> well, I guess that it might be good. Just take, take a picture of the guy and be like, yeah. don't come here. He'll give you cavities. <laughs> All right, and then next up over on YouTube, they provided a overview of how the video recommendation systems work. And one of the most important things is watch time, that they wanna make sure that people are satisfied with the content. So from the woman who gave a very great description of all the changes and how things work, she says, how much time somebody spends watching a video or channel is much more indicative of the quality of the content because if you spend more time watching something, it's more likely that you're going to be interested in it. And that's instead of just views and numbers and likes. Like if you look at how people watch things, that obviously that's good. So if you're watching on YouTube, watch till the end. And again, youtube.marketingclock.com, we're gonna need you. We've got some really cool stuff coming and giveaways exclusive to that. So a few other items to consider with the algorithm. They use surveys to ask you viewers how they feel. Um, and then there are other signals like if you say, I'm not interested in this, feedback or likes or dislikes and shares, but watch time still was the number one thing that she said. And then lastly, that she they covered that suggested offers 
viewers a selection of videos they're most likely to watch next based on their prior activity. So they kind of had a nice little recap there. All right, and then from Glenn Gabe, again on Twitter making all the news this week, along with you, Shep, and, and John Lee from Microsoft. Glenn brought to light memories. And Chrome Memories is a way that you can see your web activity on Chrome, um, and it is, I guess, what history used to be, but it's more in depth. And I got, you know, the thing that's crazy to me is we, we just keep taking things that are like factual and making them stupid. It's like your history. This is your web history, and now you're changing it to memories because you still have to hit Control or Apple H to get there. It's like that's my history. I don't want to like have it. It's not a mem. Like it's not a memory. Why do we have to make everything so candy coated? Is it gonna? I only ever have to use it when I like made a recipe and then I never save it and I look back to try to find it. So that's kind of a memory of the amazing meal. Yeah, but what if it just like pops up like, oh, on this day two years ago, you searched for and then it puts like a slideshow and music. But it's something terrible. Like the worst part of Facebook. It's gonna be like year year in review twenty twenty one. Everything you search for. (laughs) Oh no one wants that. All right. And we'll just keep it here on Glen Gabe. We'll call this a Glen Gabe corner. He has a tweet where he says he added how to markup for his latest post a few days after it went live. Took a bit to get re-indexed, re-indexed, but finally was. Love the treatment of the mobile SERPs. But go check out this tweet. It is an amazing look at how just a simple markup can really impact the SERPs and your results. And next up from Search Engine Land, this comes by way of Joy Hawkins. And she has a piece that's titled, One Star Ratings on Google are deemed not defamatory and why that's a problem. And basically, the Michigan, a Michigan court ruled that um, as a matter of law, a one-star wordless review posted on Google Review is an expression of opinion protected by the First Amendment. And Joy goes on to say, it's hard to get one-star reviews removed because you can't tell if there's prejudice there. It's just one star. And I guess... I don't, I don't know. I don't joy really bomb. Know if joy, yeah, it's sort of like a joy complaint. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't know. I get both sides of it. You don't know why somebody's giving you a one star. But at the same time, if I look at a one star review and nothing's there, I don't really put too much into it. Yeah. They can't actually be upset if they didn't tell you why. So just move on. Also, like work on earning more five star reviews, people. And the most overrated caption for a one star review is... I wish I could give this zero star. <laughs> Overrated isn't the right Don't word. Don't overused. Yeah. Everyone does it. All right. And from Roger Monti over on the Journal of Search Engines, Martini Buster. He has a post called Countries with Slow Internet Can Affect Core Web Vitals. And this comes from a webmaster's hangout with John Mueller. And this is just, again, this is just depressing. It's why we can't have nice things. It's why Google is, quite frankly, ruining the internet, in my opinion, with their stupid algorithms. But Slower countries can have a negative impact on page loading times, according to this webmaster's hangouts. So because everybody is absolutely cracked out of their minds about the stupid core web vitals, and that's apparently what everybody cares about. Instead of making good content, having good site structure, and doing actual things, and like actually building your site, and putting a schema like Glenn Gabe does... So everybody's obsessed with these core web vitals to the point where people are saying, let's block countries with slow internet. But don't mm-hmm. block Googlebot. Googlebot. That's what we learned oh, last but, week. <laughs> but why? We would block a country because you set this 
guideline up in your algorithm. People are now going to block countries because they have slow internet. That A, that's just depressing at, at surface level. And then B, you just need to be, be like you just need to be better about it. How can you not how, how is that your answer? You can't be like, it, it, we're gonna look at it and judge it based off of a location area. It's just it's it's why it's why you can't get a link anymore. You can't you can't contribute to an article and take a half hour out of your time and give a interview and then even get a link back because editorial places won't link to you. And now we're sitting here blocking countries because they have slow internet. It's just it's insanity. It's insanity. I can't. I and then like what kind of morons are like? Let's just block. Like everybody, it's so stupid all around. It makes just, sense. What is the point of ranking in Google if you don't want traffic to your site, if you're blocking countries? But I think the bigger problem- Well, you, because you, you don't care about those countries and that's the sad part of it. That's like the legit underlying super depressing point is because you as a human don't have internet as other humans are, you're deemed unpremium human and let's just serve premium humans so we can get a premium score for a stupid premium search engine. What? I don't even want to touch that. But I think the problem is they named these things core web vitals. It makes them sound mm -hmm. so important. Good point. That it's when I mean, for somebody that doesn't really follow our show, for one, or just in general, pay attention. When you name something core web vitals to me, if I know nothing else, those are the most important things out there. So people are probably just misinterpreting what it can do. You know what I mean? It's poorly named. It's poorly named. I agree. And then lastly, from Pinterest, there is a new way that content creators can claim their content and decide how it appears on Pinterest. The name of the service is the Content Claiming Portal. Oh, that's a yes. good name. So you can hop over there and say that this is website only, this is mine only, or block all. This is great if you do have a issue where Pinterest is outranking you for a term that's important and you want to rise above Pinterest, you can exclude that and say that it's, um, you know, based off of whatever parameter you need. So that's it for organic. What's happening in social, bud? All right. First up in social from Facebook, as if audio mania wasn't enough for one week, we have more new features to talk about. Facebook has announced that the creation and scheduling of stories for both Facebook and Instagram will be available within the Facebook business suite. So that is exciting. There's also going to be a new business discovery feature, essentially highlighting related page recommendations for users to explore within the news feed. And that's all awesome sauce. But the real news here is how Andrew Hutchinson started out his article. And I quote, Social media managers rejoice. He does listen. What? Cease and desist. He listens. <laughs> he said there was the first sentence in the article. I was so excited. I almost didn't read the rest of it. Oh my God. <laughs> AD Hutch. I know. I was super, super happy. BFFs for life. All right. He, he doesn't acknowledge or know that we exist, but BFFs. But he does because he used words that only I have ever used. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, another Facebook announcement by way of Menahem Ani of the JXT group. He tweeted, time to say goodbye, waving emoji. And he shared a screenshot of a message that he received saying, and I'm just going to paraphrase here, but we will have the full message up if you're watching on YouTube and we'll link to it in our newsletter. But essentially, important changes are underway for Facebook attribution. We will be retiring the current Facebook attribution tool in August of 2021. We are building the next generation of an attribution tool that will provide comprehensive measurement of ads, organic, and commerce activities across the Facebook family of apps. 
steps. In the meantime, you may see a significant decrease in the number of conversions, fewer impressions, and clicks reported for sources off of Facebook as a result of Apple's iOS 14 policy requirements. And here's what you can do. Any and that's note, paraphrasing. Any note on if the new attribution will take credit for every sale ever as well? I mean, probably. They support small businesses. <laughs> I just want to say I love how he marked this up because he was trying to like highlight the important parts with red underline, but it looks like he's like crossing out what he doesn't like. That was me. <laughs> I just oh. wanted to know what to read on the show. Amazing. And I'm left-handed, so drawing with my right we hand. We have to put it You up. can put both screenshots in, in the YouTube But it camera. looks like you're just saying like, this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> I should have changed my pen color, but I, thank you for liking my work. <laughs> Next up from TechCrunch, Facebook has announced a new feature to let users export their posts to other platforms such as Google Docs, Blogger, and WordPress. And I don't know about you guys, but I kind of like to forget the things that I've posted on Facebook, not save it somewhere else. But what are you posting on Facebook? Nothing, but You're like forgetting it? when I was a kid, I did. And it's like, I don't need all those. There's some weird like things I made it in paint, like Microsoft Paint. I'll, I'll dig I some up. I just saw. <laughs> In, in oh, your last yeah. story. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm very, very skilled with computer graphics. All right. Next up from Roger Monty over on Search Engine Journal. Martini Buster. Martini Buster. Yes. He says Reddit unveils an alternative to Clubhouse that will be available oh. for Android yes! <laughs> and iOS users, potentially giving it a jump ahead. The, the keyword being potentially like Clubhouse is the only platform that still doesn't have Android. Everybody else that's launching things that are probably subpar, they're just trying to do it right. I don't know. My gripe with this, though, is they're calling it Reddit Talk. Like, why wouldn't you call it Set It? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. Right? Thank you. I hope they're listening too. take that idea. What, I couldn't imagine something creepier in the world than having <laughs> Reddit Talk. You get yeah, a bunch 100%. of... 100%. They're all like... <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of like basement dwellers, like oh, oh. <laughs> the sun's still out there. <laughs> Do you think it's just super awkward? Like nobody knows what to say, and it's just like quiet and they're giggling. You you hop in, and it's just the sound of keyboards typing away. Ooh, ASMR. Okay, I'm in. I like this. Not subpar. All right. I feel like this is the 90th time that we're hearing about Instagram testing something with the like count being displayed in one way or another. But this time, just so you know, they're testing the ability to give users the option to hide their like counts or not. <laughs> we should start just showing Greg's face every time you read a story. Just, you know how much money in, is going into this? And now we're like, we're turning it on, we're turning it off, and then we realize people wanted it on, and then some people don't want it on, and then we're turning it back off, and now we're going to be, you could turn it on or off if it's a test. What are, why don't you just set something? I agree. Or this should have been the test in the first place, and then when they realized it worked, Why are we burning so many calories reporting us? And then you do, you do this and you look, and there's, 50 articles about this. And 50 people wasted their life on this. On, on whether or not you could turn on a heart on a stupid social media platform. Preaching to the choir, Carly Simon would probably like it, but the story's not about her. Sticking with Instagram for a minute, child health experts call on Facebook to abandon plans for an Instagram for kids. And that is the headline. Huh. Mm -hmm. They're saying it could negatively impact the development of youngsters, which is cute, through increased social pressure and exploitative algorithms also but. don't put a teenager an underage person on a social network right they don't why would own. you think that's a good idea there's nothing good that will happen from that unless you are somebody that may well meet chris hansen in a week or two like there's nothing yeah. good to put people to put kids on a social platform that's a picture sharing platform 
I know where this is going to go, and it ends in jail. We don't want this. You don't need a, a, a health expert. You got the Greg expert. <laughs> exactly. Second place Greg of the year. Or did I come in second? Or did I come in last? I don't Third. Know. You okay. forgot about Greg Sterling. Oh. Next we year. have to put you last. Because you're... It would be like, a, what do you call it? Fixed. It'd be fixed or yeah, yeah. if you won. <laughs> I'm winning this year. Watch out. Peep secret. Watch out. Watch out also because TikTok has a new hub. It's not a portal, but it's a hub and it is called the Business Creative Hub. It will showcase trending content in various categories meant to be the source of inspiration for other businesses. And they've also got a business content guide within the hub that TikTok is calling a cheat sheet for any business to easily get the hang of using TikTok to promote your brand, a.k.a. you're too old for this, but welcome. Twitter is launching what it is calling the Responsible Machine Learning Initiative, which to quote Andrew Hutchinson, since he quoted me earlier, will monitor the impacts of algorithmic shifts with a view to remove various negative elements, including bias from how it applies machine learning. All right. I know where this is going to go. Where's it going to go? You all use Twitter. Right. How are the recommendations currently for topics you like? They're terrible. They think I like sports. If you recall, a few weeks ago, Pamela Lund said, would you like to see sports? No. Do you like basketball? No. Do you like the Lakers? No. Do you like to see the wives of basketball players? No. <laughs> that is their current AI. I can't imagine how wild this is going. Caleb, how are your recommendations on Twitter? Terrible. Absolutely bad. Like, I'm not a golf guy, but I keep getting PGA stuff. Yeah. It's so like, I'm hey, like... do you like want to hear get more Max Homa? Yeah? <laughs> no? Oh, how about some more Jordan Spieth? Exactly. No? Titleist. Finally, Facebook launches new video speed dating app in the latest NPE experiment. And I think just in proper speed dating fashion, we should move on. Next segment. Speed through. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise. I just have a recommendation to the gods at WordPress. I think that they should make it autosave like Google Docs because I have often like left it up on my computer and then I want to use my laptop to edit like a blog post and I didn't save and it's created a lot of problems and I just think it would be very helpful. Not auto publish, auto save your draft. Huh, I wonder if we can get that fellow with the turtleneck in the brown suit with the screw face that started glitching out on the Wix ad. Get him on the phone and tell him. I don't think he's going to help us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he can help us with Search Console, though, because I also have a feature request. I appreciate that Search Console tells me when there are no index pages, right? I want to know that. But sometimes we're no indexing things on purpose, and I would just love to be able to say intentional and check a box and make that error go away because I keep coming back and say, I'm like, oh, I have more errors. And I look, and it's just something that I left there intentionally, no index. Like, you can just report that you fixed it, but I assume a fix is to allow it to be indexed, and some things don't need to be, so... Feature request. Cool. On my side, just a quick note on segmentation within Google Ads. You can not only segment use segmentation within keywords, campaigns, but you can also do it with something like ads. So if you want to segment by the keywords that triggered the ads, you can see how the ad performed using segmentation. You can also do it with audiences. It just gives you so much more information at your fingertips if you want to use it. It's pretty phenomenal, and I've been using a lot more to kind of triage issues with larger accounts. It's especially so helpful. So don't sleep on segmentation. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. 
This week's cool tool is a keyword suggestion tool with a mobile focus. It's built by Reddit user LGATS, that's L-G-A-T-S, and it's based on iPhone keyword suggestion data. It's very, very easy to use, very simple. You pop a search term in and you just hit go. The tool will spit out keyword suggestions. There's no volume associated with it or anything. It's purely just generating ideas. It's really simple, but it's also really free. So bookmark this baby in your keyword research tools folder. You can find it at domain.glass slash keyword hyphen suggest or grab the link from our newsletter and check it out. I like that. Really simple, really free. It's really free. It's not even like sort of free. Wow. Now it's time for our must read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. On this week's Must Read Marketing Article of the Week, we have an article from Andrew Loke over on Savvy Revenue, and he has an article called The Hidden Art of Manual Bid Management in Google Ads. And this is a very fair piece, and very informative piece in how Savvy Revenue takes a look at bidding. So he starts with how the auction works itself, what metrics you need to review, frequency for bid updates, how much to change your bids, um, using Google Ads Editor for bids management, whether you want to edit at the keyword or ad group bids, why you should take a look at time lag when you're reporting conversions, and why you're not hitting return on ad spend targets, which was great. And finally, kind of just bid adjustments in general. And one thing I liked was he, he kind of recapped it up in his conclusion saying, a hammer is for nails, not for screws, and compared the two. And I'm kind of ruin the, the very final end here, but it might help you go get this article. So he says, I'm a huge proponent of automated bidding, but when I see a nail, I will pick up my hammer. When I see a screw, I will pick up my drill. It doesn't have to be more conflictive than that. And again, I love it. He's not taking one side or another. It's so good and so helpful. It's one of these articles that you wish more people would write. And so check it out. Thank you, Andrew. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show by signing up for our newsletter over at marketingclock.com. And again, we've got some new stuff launching only, youtube.marketingclock.com. Sign up and we're going to have a big announcement coming next week on our new channel. And please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player too so you don't miss a single episode. And we'll see you next week on youtube.marketingoclock.com. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week... I'm in charge. I decided to play everybody's favorite game. <laughs> We're going to play poke holes in this, where we've got kind of an idea that might be half-baked, and it's time for you to try to poke holes in it. But this week, these are unpokeable, I think. All right, so mm-hmm. first up this week, I've got... I'll go in order of, of, of least poke, most pokeable to least. So when you go to uh, fast food, you most people order fries, right? And you get fries and ketchup or whatever. I think people would order vegetable fries if you could do that. Just vegetables cut up and it's vegetable fries. It's just vegetables and dip. Vegetable fries. Poke calls on this. Stay home. Yeah. First of all, it would be so expensive. The fast food restaurants would never do it. 
you can't like freeze vegetable fries. It wouldn't work out. Nobody and nobody wants vegetables. You go to fast food because do. you smell it from the street and it smells like it's terrible for I think you. People, but but the thing that you're you're forgetting is people will get the double whopper and then the veggie fries healthy. That doesn't magically make the double whopper help healthy. <laughs> but people might think it. Also, are these veggie fries actually going to be healthy? There's no way they're not also deep fried. No, it's just cut ve- raw vegetables. I don't know. If you go to a party, like the last thing that's there is always the veggie tray. Like no one touches it. Exactly. But people like like buying salad. Like they carry that salad around. You show you got the vegetable fries. Just you know. So they're just trying to show off. I mean, great if McDonald's wants to have this and then nobody orders it just to look better. Fine, but nobody's going to order it and they're going to lose all their money. Yeah. And if it's about status, why are you at McDonald's? I don't know. Here's another one. I might have done this before, Um, but this is called. More than just skipping the commercials. It's called skipping the fluff. All right? Yeah. And so my wife paid for a Hulu account without commercials because she hates the commercials. But then I look at it and I get mad because you still get this recap where there used to be a commercial and then it's like, and what was happening? And even though it's like 30 seconds of time where it's like showing what just happened before the commercial break, like I don't want that anymore. I'm skipping the commercial. So I want somebody to skip the fluff. And the biggest thing is where this could be a huge benefit is the Olympics. The Olympics are coming up, and you can never see sports on the Olympics. It's everybody's backstory. It's just backstory, 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 and no sports. And I want something they can just cut the fluff out and the commercials and just give me the action. Unfortunately, depending on the show you watch, the show would be about five minutes long. Good. That's what I want. I want five minutes. Give me the action. Quitty. I don't think that would be very good <laughs> exactly. for you. Which died. Yeah. Yeah. But I've been watching alone, and I see this person like fall off a cliff, and then... The commercials come on or the commercial break comes on and then they go fall off the cliff again. I just watched this. People don't watch shows live anymore, do they? Unless it's sports. No, but you have like a fast forward button, I think, available to you for free. (laughs) I don't want to do that. (laughs) That is one of your least stupid ideas ever, but I think there's a reason it doesn't happen. Like who would do it if they could? Everybody would. You can do it at the beginning of the episode. Uh, Probably not. Imagine you watch a basketball game, no timeouts, no stoppage. yeah. No, you only watch. You just see the live. last foul at the end of the yeah. game. The last thirty seconds takes one minute instead of three hours. Like that'd be nice. That would make me very happy. <laughs> okay, all right. This is maybe my best idea ever. One of the things that people say to do if you want to work out and go get exercise is just put the clothing on. Just put your workout clothes on. Just put your, lace your sneakers up and see what happens. The magic unfolds. You've heard this, right? No, but okay. Because they say, yeah, you get the mindset and you're more apt to go. So just put your clothes on. And even if that's all you do, that's a step in the right. Caleb, have you heard this? Yeah. Okay. So I have a one-up thing because everybody really would want to do their exercise in the morning, right? Like you do it in the morning, you feel good all day. So I've got something called athletic pajamas. Something you can sleep in that's comfortable enough to sleep in, but athletic enough that you get out of bed and you're already dressed in your workout clothes. Poke holes in this. This is hard for me because I think the idea to begin with is really stupid. Like (laughs) running shorts are really comfy to take a nap into. Like I just don't see how that would work. But no, you want cute pajamas. You want cute workout clothes. You don't want to sleep in them. No. Also, those are two separate things. Like, I want to, like, my sleep pajamas for uh, for sleeping and then workout clothes for working out. I don't want to have to think about one thing while I'm going to bed. Like, I have to wake up and run two miles. You know what I have mean? Have you ever used two-in-one shampoo? No. I Garbage. Person who made that? Billionaire. You know no. that? Head and shoulders. 
No, what you don't understand is the problem with this is that theory works too well, right? Just put it on and you'll do it. So if you're putting it on before bed, then you go out for your run. Then you go to bed because you're like, oh, I'm already in my pajamas. Then your sheets stink and you wake up in the morning and you feel horrid. Mm. I don't know what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) I'll draw a diagram. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you next week.